I hope you do have them. Open them with me to... Uh, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 3. This is where we left off this morning, and we'll try to jump in here tonight. Um, I told Pam, we, we, uh, after the service this morning, we uh, went and grabbed a bite of lunch and, and um, then went and spent a couple hours or more down at the foundry. We, uh, we do a ministry down there on the second Sunday of every month called FIRST, and FIRST is an acronym that stands for Families in Recovery Seeking Truth. And um, I mean, some people call it a support group. I'm not a, I mean, I don't have a problem with support groups. It's more than that, though. It's, it's just a time of, of just uh, a bunch of folks just finding answers and truth from, from the Word of God. So um, we just had an exceptional time. Um, the Holy Spirit was strong among us and um, you know it's it's um, kind of grown over the years and um, today we had uh, John Smith of course John's been a part of it and then Danny Angel stopped by that was Danny's first time of being there of course Peyton is and I guess for me you know to see the folks that are a part of this family of faith that are there and, and, and just how they're anointed by the Holy Spirit to, you know, to speak and to share and to minister to other families in the room and, and how um, they draw from their past experiences to bring hope um, to families that, you know, are just, you know, amen, just struggling and, um, Man, Brother John got on a roll today. I, I, we should have recorded that, Brother. I'm telling you, man, it, it, was, uh, it was beautiful. So anyway, it's just, I heard Brother Jesse say, and I, I'm not good at this, and I'm, I'm getting better. He said that, that pastors should tell people um, what they've done, what they're doing, and what they're going to do. And, and sometimes I just, I get up here, and it's, you know, I just, Let's get right to the word, you know. Um, and I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. It's an honor uh, to do it. But when you, when you see people grow and, and you see people stepping into their destiny and, as ministers, and, and it's, just a, it's just a beautiful thing. We... Um, one of the things that we say, is it okay if I share this, Peyton? One of the things we say at the foundry is, you know, once, once a, a participant graduates or goes into their third phase part of their program, is we encourage them one church, one job for one year. One church, for, one, church one job, one year. One church, one job, one year. One church, one job, one year. Amen. In other words, get... Put some roots down somewhere. Be faithful somewhere. See something through. And so, of course, Peyton committed herself to that. Um, and uh, she worked at a pet supply store, um, scooping poop sometimes. Um, but uh, exactly one year to the day, uh, she was hired and she'll start her job at WDJC Crawford Broadcasting in the morning. So, um, 
So congratulations, sister. That's a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. So anyway, God is good. Amen. All right, Ephesians chapter 3. He says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, just a brief review for those of you who are here this morning, and then um, to catch those of you who are not able to be here this morning, kind of catch you up, and then we'll all move forward together. Paul is saying that, that he is praying for us to be strengthened inwardly by the Holy Spirit so we will have the ability to know truth that is beyond comprehension and to know that truth so that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, what we have established from many different places in Scripture is that all truth comes from God. I'm not talking about humanistic type truth. I'm talking about the truth that comes from our Creator. Truth about life, truth, truth about God, truth from God. That all truth comes from Him, but there are different levels or there are different degrees. We, we could say it this way, there are different strengths. Some truth is stronger than other truth. And I'm, I'm going to show you a little more of that here in just a moment in, you know, in a way that I think you'll be able to clearly see what I'm talking about. And then we also see from Scripture, and this is what we talked about this morning, is that, is that some truth is heavier. It's heavier than other truth. Sometimes it doesn't really happen in here when I'm preaching, but in a smaller setting in a class, there will be times that I will say something and, and someone in the class will say, wow, Pastor Mark, that's heavy. That's heavy. And so, again, we're talking about truth that could be, as the Word of God categorizes it, as milk. Um, easy to prepare, easy to serve, easy to swallow, easy to digest, easy for it to become a part of you. Um, but then... There's also truth that falls into the category of meat. And, and, and in another place, he says it's solid food. As newborn Christians, the Bible says we are to desire the sincere milk of the Word that we might grow thereby. But then Paul says to the Corinthians, I was only able to feed you milk and not solid food because you weren't able to receive the solid food. You weren't able to... Uh, you know, to, 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 to digest it, to chew it up, swallow it, and it become a part of you. And so, again, I'm just trying to show you that, that there are different levels and degrees and, and layers, weightiness of truth, um, stronger truths than, than other truth. And what we see here in Ephesians 3 is that the Apostle Paul is, is basically saying, here is a truth that is so heavy 
Um, unless the Holy Spirit helps you lift it, unless the Holy Spirit helps you bear it, you, you will never, ever be able to incorporate it into and it become a part of who you are. Now, Jesus talked about this kind of truth. We're not just going out on a limb here. Jesus said to his disciples in John the 16th chapter, I still have many things to teach you, but you are not able to bear them now. Meaning what? They were too heavy for them. They, could, they couldn't take them and run with them. Now, I also want to draw your attention tonight to this phrase, and it's in verse 19. The last part of this, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That you may be filled among all the fullness, that, I'm sorry, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, when we talk about heavy truths, filled with all the fullness of God is among the most amazing and I believe even most outrageous phrases in all the Word of God. He's literally saying that you may be abundantly filled with the abundance of God. That you may be filled abundantly with all that God is and has. That you may be filled to overflowing with all that is in Him and flows from Him. So this phrase is speaking of a state of being. It's referencing a quality of life and a condition of life that, again, is life on a whole other level. All right? And the only way, I want you to notice now, Paul didn't just say, I'm praying that you all will be filled with the fullness of God. He knew that the only pathway that would lead us to being filled with all the fullness of God was a pathway involving strong truth. Truth that is so strong, that is so heavy, you can't bear it unless the Holy Spirit strengthens you inwardly to be able to bear it. You, let me, let's, we, we made some references this morning to the, to the concept of physical food. Matthew 4 and 4, Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. We said that when it comes to physical food in our culture today, we are gravitating towards uh, quick and convenient. Quick and convenient. And unfortunately, that's carrying over into our spiritual nutrition as well. In other words, we're looking for a quick and convenient spiritual meal. Okay? Um, and so, you know, we you know, get a devotion off the internet with this or that or whatever. Listen, I, thank God for all of that, but think of all that as snacks. Amen? Um, we, we need to all come together, sit down together, and, and, and be taught by the Holy Spirit, amen, a meal that has taken time uh, to, to develop, a, a time to prepare, uh, and, and now time to serve. It, it, it takes time quality time, effort, quality effort on our part um, if, if we're going to, uh, to, to have and to eat and to benefit from the solid food that is um, the stronger truths in God's Word. It's just that simple. And, and the idea that we can grow um, without growing in the truth, that we can grow in the things of God without growing in the truth, um, is deception at best. It's just wrong. In other words, there's no way that we can grow apart from growing in the truth. So notice then, he doesn't just say, I'm praying that you guys will be filled with the fullness of God. No, he recognized that in order to be filled with the fullness of God, we were first going to have 
to embrace and believe uh, strong truth. Truth so strong that we can't bear it without the Holy Spirit strengthening us inwardly. So notice his prayer was that we would be strengthened with might by God's Spirit in the inner man, right? So that we can comprehend what goes beyond comprehension. Are you following all this? And again, he throws in here this reality of the love that God has for us because until you comprehend how much he loves you, um, you, you will never be able to comprehend your oneness with him, how much he longs for you, how much he desires to be with you. But all of this being the pathway that would cause us to be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen? Are you seeing this? Now, let me, um, if you have, uh, let's do this. Let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Um, this morning, I've just put a lot of verses up on the screen. But I do want you to turn to, to, in your Bibles uh, to this one. John chapter 8 and verse 31. John 8 and 31. Thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. Amen. John 8 and 31. And this is what Jesus said. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word... You are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, this word um, abide in verse 31, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. Um, this word could be and, and is you know, translated different ways. Here it's abide. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I think in the King James Version, it says continue. If you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed. So what's, what's being communicated here is both, you know, a dwelling place, abiding, um, but then when he, when he joins in that, uh, this word, and so, I, again, not just continually abide, the idea behind continuing in the word is that we're, we're on a journey, um, that, that we're going from the, the milk to the more solid food. We're, we're progressing. So the, the word continue here um, is, is, is carrying with it this idea um, that there is a beginning point that we then uh, progress upward from uh, into more and more of God's truth and again, that's not just quantity, um, but also uh, in, into st stronger and stronger truths um, that, again, require more effort on our part uh, to lay hold of by faith. So if you abide in my word, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, this is confusing to some people, and, and I want to try to help you see it a couple of different ways, all right? Um, Jesus said in, in, in Matthew's gospel, uh, come to me all you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, and you will find rest for your souls. So you say, well, which one is it? Did, did he give us rest or do we got to learn to find rest? And it's both at the same time. In other words, when you come to him, he gives you rest. And that's at the deepest level of your being, in your spirit. But in order to find the rest, or as I like to say, experience and enjoy the rest, 
there are some truths that you're going to have to learn from Jesus. Now, the same is true with freedom. If you've been born again tonight, you are free. I'm not, I'm not here to preach this extensively, exhaustively, but the Bible makes it very clear. If you were born again, you were free. And you say, well, Pastor Mark, I must not be born again because I'm still struggling in some areas. No, no, it doesn't mean you're not born again if you're still struggling in the areas. Notice he said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But if you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. In other words, it's one thing to be free. It's another thing for that freedom you've become to become an outward expression of life. He made you righteous. There's still a lot of people who struggle with unrighteousness in their lives. It doesn't mean He hasn't made you righteous. It's just, again, you've got to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth where these things are concerned in order to release the potential that's within you, that's something that's already yours, into your life reality. Oh, sweet Jesus, are you, are you seeing this? So when He says, if you abide in me, you're, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Think about it now. If knowing the truth makes you free, then either not knowing the truth or believing a lie is what keeps us living in bondage. Now, I know that... Don't be offended at this. Just hear me, okay? The devil doesn't care what the bondage is, what the chain is, just as long as you have one. Something to hinder you. The Bible says that we, we all have a sin that easily besets us that we need to lay aside. Right? But what we also see is that some, let's just say addictions, whatever that may be, are stronger than others which simply means we need stronger truth to break that chain. Are you, are you following this? We need stronger truth to break the chain. Some people say, well, you know, I, I've been reading the Bible, Pastor Mark. I've been this. Thank God for that. Please keep doing it. But what he's saying here, and, and let's, let's look at the, the, the broader scope of this first. What he's saying here is that his truth operating in your life will make a measurable, tangible, verifiable difference. His truth operating in your life will make a difference in your life. And guess what I have discovered in my own life? The stronger the truth, the greater the difference. The stronger the truth, the greater the, dis the difference. All right? But now, listen. What we also are learning is that this, the truth that is greater or stronger that makes a greater difference in our lives also comes with greater resistance from the enemy. Here, here is a, a general rule of thumb. The stronger the truth, the stronger the resistance surrounding that truth. Amen. The stronger the truth, the stronger the resistance surrounding that truth. And, when I, and by resistance, I mean the enemy trying to keep you from ever laying hold of embracing the truth, the measure of truth, the degree of truth that is needed in your life to set you free 
to be filled with all the fullness of God. So the greater the truth, the stronger the truth, the greater the resistance, the stronger the resistance that's surrounding that truth. Now we looked at this last week. Let, let me, I, I'm going to add a few more to the list. And, and uh, Amen. I, I, just hear me out, please. Some of this is in my notes, some of it's not. I'm not going to take the time to find it right now, okay? Let's, uh, matter of fact, I'm going to come down there with you. Can I do that? So, <clears throat> the, is it true that you were created to give glory to God? That's absolutely true. Amen. Is it true, is it true that you were created to glorify God? Yeah, that, that's true, absolutely. But it's also true, according to Romans 8 and John 17, that you were created by God to be glorified by Him, and that you've been given, as a born-again believer, the same glory that was given to Jesus. See, that's true. Now, both are true, both come from God, but I'm, I'm trying to get you to see that one is a stronger truth than the other, and there is a greater measure or degree of resistance surrounding the stronger or the greater truth. As I said last week, I'll say it again. I don't know of any church in, you know, that I'm familiar with that I could preach. Uh, um, you, you were created to give glory to God. You were created to glorify God. And people wouldn't agree with it and say amen. But there are few places that I know of that I could just walk up in the middle of them and say, God created you to glorify you. God created you to give you the same glory He's given to Jesus. And there wouldn't be some pushback. There wouldn't be uh, people who would get their, their feathers all ruffled, you know, like petting a cat backwards or something. You know, get all, all frustrated and, and irritated and, and aggravated, right? So I'm trying to show you the, it's, it's a stronger truth that, that if we can, you know, really begin to embrace this and understand this and incorporate this into the, the way we see ourselves and, 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 and what we believe and understand, that, that stronger truth is, is going to have a ripple effect throughout every aspect of your life. In other words, there's not any area of your life that truth concerning your identity will not impact for the good. Did you hear that? When it comes to the truth of who you are in Christ, who you are to God, who you are in His eyes, the, 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 the more of that truth that, that you believe and that you understand and that you embrace, right? It's strong. There's some strong truths here. Let me, let, let's, let's try to work our way through some of these, okay? Um, is it true? And I'm, again, I'm not trying to, you know, get you to answer all these questions. Just, I'm, I'm asking you to think more than anything else, okay? Is it true that God so loved the world He gave His only begotten Son? Yeah, amen. So God loves the world. That's, that's true. Um, is it true that He loves you? Yeah. But notice now, there's, there's a little more resistance there. There's this one thing to believe that God loves the world. Another thing to believe that God loves the person sitting next to you. And that's true, He does. But notice, now we've personalized it, that God loves you. We have known and believed the love that God has for us, okay? But is it true that He loves you? Yeah. Yeah, okay? Now watch this. Is it true that He loves you when you're really being good and having a good day? 
Yeah, yeah, okay, he loves me. I'm, I'm doing good, I'm having a good day. How about, is it true that he loves you the same when you're struggling and, and not having a good day? Maybe, maybe you've uh, said some things you shouldn't say, done some things you shouldn't do, uh, committed some sin. Notice now, it's just as true. There's nothing you can do tonight to make Him love you any more or any less than He loves you right now. But notice, as, as we've just still talking about His love, God so loved the world, yes, yes, amen, He loves the world, right? God loves the person sitting next to you, yes, yes, amen, He loves the person sitting next to me. God loves me. Oh, okay, yeah, He loves me. He loves me when I'm bad. When I'm being bad. Notice it just got even harder, right? Okay, but now we're going to take it to one more level. He loves me as much as he loves Jesus. But John 17 says he loves you with the same love that he loves Jesus with. His love for you is no different than the love that he has for Jesus. But notice now how we started with just a general, you know, easiest thing to believe, and we worked our way up to a much stronger truth a much stronger truth. How different would your life be if you lived every moment of your life with the reality that your Creator Father loves you as much as He loves His Son and our beautiful Savior Jesus? That His love for you is no different than His love for Jesus. See, that's strong truth. But it's true. Okay? Um, how about this? <clears throat> Thank you, uh, Father. Um, God is a God who forgives. That's true, right? God forgives. Okay? All right, now. Jesus has forgiven my sin. Well, see, there's a difference there, but amen, okay, He's forgiven me of my sin. That's true, right? Okay. Now, how about this? Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away sin. You say, wait a second, that, is that different from forgiving sin? You better know it's different from forgiving sin. To forgive is one thing, but to take away to remove from, want to see that's something different altogether. Okay? How about this? Jesus has not only forgiven me of my sin, He has taken away my sin, and not just my past sin, but my past, present, and future sin. Now see, that's true. That's true. <laughs> That's strong truth, right? Do you realize that you've been forgiven? If you're a born-again person in this room, you've been forgiven for sin you haven't committed yet. You say, well, how in the world could I be forgiven for future sin? Well, think about it for a moment. When you were forgiven, all of your sin was future. You weren't even alive yet to sin. See, I just lost some. I, I felt some of you drop out of the conversation. Amen. Come on back in with me here for a moment. I'm, I'm trying to show you something here. See, 
the devil don't want you to believe any truth, but if you just believe that God has at least forgiven somebody in the past at some point, you know, we don't, you know, you follow what I'm saying? But no, no, that He's forgiven you, okay, yeah, that's different, but okay, stronger truth. He hasn't just forgiven you, He's taken your sin away. He hasn't just taken your sin away, He's taken all of your sin away, past, present, and future. You realize there's one truth that's even stronger than this? He doesn't keep a record of your sin any longer. <laughs> He's not even keeping score anymore. Some of you are like, oh, hold on a second, Pastor Mark, does the Bible really? Yes, the Bible says that. I was raised in church and I never heard such. Well, God forgive whoever your pastor was. God have mercy on him or her. I mean, if I had about two and a half hours, we do this in discipleship class, by the way. We go through every single one of these verses. I'm just trying to show you something here. Some of you nodding. If you, amen. I'm asking you to trust me tonight. I'm telling you, every word of this that I'm telling you is in the Scriptures multiple times. So, the devil doesn't want you to believe in a God who forgives, a God who pardons, but he really doesn't want you to believe that he's forgiven you, and he really doesn't want you to believe that your sin's been taken away. He never wants you to believe that past, present, future sin have been taken away, that sin now cannot separate you from him any longer. You do realize if you've accepted Jesus as, as, as your Savior, that means all of your judge has, all of your sin has already been judged and punished. Oh my, amazing grace, right? All right, let's do another one, okay? God is a righteous God. Right? He's a righteous God. Okay? There is none righteous, no, not one. Well, I mean, that's true. The Bible says that, but you have to understand the context of that is no one can make themselves right before God in the eyes of God by their own works. Jesus is the righteous Son of God. That's true, right? He came to this earth as a man and lived a righteous life. Is that true? Yeah. Never sinned. Those who have been born again have become the righteousness of God in Christ. So that's true. Now, there's one more level to this, okay? And that is, because you've been given Jesus' right standing, you have the same right standing before God the Father as Jesus enjoys tonight, that He does not see you as a forgiven sinner because Jesus' righteousness is not the righteousness of someone who sinned and was forgiven, but Jesus' righteousness is the righteous standard of one who lived a sinless life. And because you've been given His righteousness, as far as your Heavenly Father is concerned, you've never sinned. You know what we call that around here? Strong truth. 
but it's true. Now, I don't know of a church in Alabama that argue with you that God forgives. But I don't know of many that wouldn't argue that we're just as right before Him as Jesus and that our Heavenly Father sees us as one who's never sinned. But a strong truth, right? Okay. Praise God. Let's do one more. God has the power to heal someone who is sick. He has the power. I mean, he's God. If he created the human body, I guess he could fix it if it was messed up. So, yeah, okay, I got that one. All right, okay. So how about this? God has healed people in the past. The Bible tells me so. Right? Yeah, okay. I'm, on, I'm all right with that. That's true, that's true. Yeah, he's, he's healed people. We read about it. Okay, okay, good, good. All right, now. So, God has the ability to heal. That's true. Now, here's where a lot of people get confused in their faith, okay? Listen very carefully. I'm not saying He's able. I'm saying He's willing to heal. There's a lot of people who believe in the truth that God is able to heal. They're not really sure about His willingness to heal them. Here's the truth though. God is not only able, not only has He healed, He is just as willing to heal tonight as He's ever been because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think one of the most ridiculous lies that the devil has ever perpetuated upon the church, through the church, is that God used to heal, but He doesn't heal any longer. I had such a cop-out. That is such a cop-out. So, it's one level of truth to believe that God has healed, that He can heal. It's another level of truth to believe that He's willing to heal. Okay? Are you ready? It's God's truth for all to be healed. I didn't say that right. It's true that it's God's will for all to be healed. There you go. I'm going to get it out in a minute. Some of you just got interested in the floor. What's down there? Everybody's looking at the floor. Amen. I'm just trying to show you strong truth tonight. The truth is in Jesus. And over and over again, we see Him, crowds of thousands, and the Bible says simply this, He healed them all. He healed them all. One level of truth to believe that God can heal. Another level of truth that God will heal. Another, another level of truth to believe that it's God's will for all to be healed. There's even one stronger than that. I'm already healed. First, First Peter 2.24 says, By His stripes you were healed. What am I trying to show you here? 
trying to show you some difference between milk and solid food. I'm trying to show you the difference between entry level, beginner level, simple truths that are absolutely true. But as we progress into stronger and stronger truths, greater degrees of truth, there's more and more resistance. I imagine, and, and, and if, it's, if it wasn't you, then praise God. Listen to me now. I'm sitting here saying it, and I believe every bit of it is, to be tr- is true, but while I'm sitting here saying it, things are firing off in my mind. But what about this? But what about that? But what if this? But what if that? Oh, wait, you're, are you really going to tell them that? Wait a second now. You're fixing to go out there and tell them that right now, and it's fixing to come out of your... I mean, this is going on in the back of my mind, right? You're fixing to tell them that right now, and you're not going to take 30 minutes to explain it. You're going to send a bunch of people confused out of here. If you say that right now, don't say that right now. It's true, yes, but just wait till you have more time to explain it. That's going on in my mind right now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why? Because there's resistance surrounding these things. closer you get to a man, the devil starts getting stirred up. The closer you get to it, the devil starts getting stirred up. Are you, am I the only one that while I was going through that list, anybody else in here, something in your mind like, what about that, Pastor Mark? What about, are you mean to say this? Well, what, well then why did this happen? What, the, ooh, ah, e, right? Think it not strange, the fiery trial concerning you, right? Don't think that's a strange thing. That's what the enemy does. That's how he works. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. In the days ahead, we're going to um, we're going to look at some really, really important things. But I'm I'm excited for you to see it first in Jesus. Now, th- now this is the, Amen. I know. Praise God. Stand with me. That makes you feel like I'm finishing, and I am. Okay. Amen. Are you getting anything out of this? I'm not going to be the pastor who only tells you God has healed people in the past. I'm not going to be the pastor that tells you God is a God who forgives. I'm not just going to be the pastor who tells you that, um, that you know, righteousness on some level is available to you. Are you, are you, are you following what I'm saying? I'm, I, amen. Yes, all of that is true, but there's more to it than that. Much more to it than that. So Father established a pattern. And that pattern is very simple. See it first in Jesus, then see it in yourself. You've got to see it first in Him. And what we see, especially in the Gospel of John, and if, if I understand if this isn't like 
somebody's going to ask you when you come in the door next week or something like that. But if you have the opportunity to read the Gospel of John this week and pay very close attention, especially chapter 5, chapter 10, chapter 17, um, you, you're going to hear Jesus talk about being one with His Father. I left out 14. Man, 5, 10, 14, 17. I mean, there's other places, but those are some of the key ones. He's going to talk about being one with His Father. And there were a lot of things that rubbed the religious establishment the wrong way, but nothing, nothing infuriated them more. As a matter of fact, when they told Pilate the reason he must die is that he has made himself to be one with God. He has to die. Nothing infuriated them more. That's why, and I'm going to get to this at some point. I thought I'd get to it tonight, but I didn't. But let me just say this again, all right? This is why I believe this one truth, the truth of your oneness with God, my oneness with God, it is the single truth that represents the greatest threat to the enemy. It is the one truth that he fears the most and it's the one truth that you will find the greatest resistance to. Amen. But strong truth produces strong results. Amen. Father, thank you for this time together this evening. As we go about our work week, I pray that everything we put our hands to would prosper for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you. Thank you for being here tonight. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. We will see you on Wednesday, if not before. Blessings, blessings, blessings.